Alright, so Hebrews chapter 6, you can turn there, that's where we're going to be. Um, but as we've been talking about Hebrews, we've been talking about Jesus being the great high priest, and specifically the great high priest like Melchizedek, that he is both priest and king. Okay, Jesus is both, he's like Melchizedek in that way. But he is not just the high, the great high priest. As we consider God's word and as we realize in our lives, he is our great high priest. It is it's personal, okay? It's not just theological that we're understanding or learning this information that we would hear from God, but that it's personal, that it would mean something, that it would impact us, change us, and it would impact our lives. And last week we talked about moving from milk to solid foods, that we would grow up. And a lot of that is connected to Jesus being both priest and king, or as we said, both Jesus being Savior and Lord. And we need to grow up. I've got the this at the top of the screen, milk, we talked about is Jesus being our, our Savior in this role of priest. And then we're to grow up to where Jesus is solid food. We're to participate, understand, walk with Jesus as our Lord, that He's our King. Okay, That's what it meant, and that's what we talked about last week as we grow up, that we would transition to the solid food. And so, if you look at verse 1, it says, So let us move beyond the simple teachings about Christ. This initial message of the gospel is this idea of Jesus being Savior. Our salvation comes in and through Jesus. But as we look at these simple teachings, or these first things, we realize that there is an initial point, a beginning of our salvation. You guys can see this here. I started this diagram. There's an initial point. If this is our salvation, okay, and the picture that Hebrews has described for us, there's an initial point of our salvation. And we see that in the passage here. We saw that in the, the end of verse 1, the beginning of verse 2. It talks about these simple things, these repentance. We turn from ourselves, we turn towards God. This belief in God, this faith in God. That we would be forgiven, we'd be made clean, we'd be cleansed. And then that we would be adopted. That God would lay His hands on us and proclaim who we are, that we're His sons and daughters, you're a part of my family. Okay, that's this initial point in our salvation. That's from these simple things. And then you see the next part of verse 2, it moves on to the ending point of our salvation. It moves on to, to this piece and describes what that looks like, what that is with Jesus as our Savior. And it talks about we're resurrected. We're going to share in this resurrection with Jesus Christ. And that He is going to represent us. When we go before God on the judgment day, Jesus Christ is going to stand in our place and He's going to speak for us. And it describes these things at this beginning point and this ending point of our salvation as these simple things or these first things. And if you look, everything that we just described, everything you see in verse 1 and 2, 
has to do with Jesus being priest, with Jesus being our Savior. Right? We talked about priest. A priest is someone who represents the people before God and represents God before the people. And as I described, everything I described at this beginning point and this ending point is Jesus representing us to God or Jesus representing God to us. He's interceding on our behalf as a priest or as our Savior. And I don't want us to move forward without realizing how amazing it is then when we're at this beginning point, God also tells us about the end. And these simple things, these first things of the gospel, here you are, okay? You've repented, have faith in me, you're my son, you're my daughter, you've been forgiven, and let me give you a picture of what it's going to look like at the end. You're at this very beginning point, but I want to show you what it's like at the end, what it's like at the finish. And that's incredible that he shows us that. He doesn't just say, you're my son, you're my daughter, now follow me, I'll let you know later where we're going. He says, let me give you a glimpse, let me give you a picture, let me give you hope of how we're going to finish, of where we're going together. We begin with the ending in mind. One of my favorite songwriters has a song called Start With The Ending. And he talks about in relationships, if we actually saw how our relationships were going to go, how they were going to turn out, it would change everything in the process. If you knew how this was going to end up, it would change how I respond to you, how I react to you, the things that I say to you. Because I'd see, here we are, and here's where we're going, and that changes the process, that changes everything in between. Think of it in the way of construction. God says, I have laid literally the foundation of your salvation. These things have been set. These things have been put in place. And I've given you now this picture, this, this drawing, this, and they talk about in architecture, this rendering. This is what it's going to look like. Okay, The foundation's laid, but you have no idea what it's going to look like. So let me give you a picture of the finish. Let me give you a picture of the final product. Let me give you a picture of glory. But now here are the blueprints. Follow them. From this beginning point to this ending point. I don't build anything. And as I thought about this, as many days as possible, I try to run five laps around Lanark Park. The first lap, starting, is not very hard. I feel good going running. It's going to feel great. Can't wait to be done, right? The last lap, the fifth lap, I have never quit on the fifth lap. If I get to the fifth lap, I finish. I feel good at the end. I know it's just one more time around. I'm almost done. I'm almost there. I'm going to finish there by my apartment. It's over. But what's hard? Lap two, lap three, and lap four. I've got to continue. I've got to keep going. I'm right in the middle of this. This is hard. The ending, that was exciting. I mean, the beginning, that was exciting. The end, I can't wait. I'm hoping for that. But lap two, three, and four, that's where it's hard. That's where it's difficult. That's where I run the slowest. That's where I struggle. But I run with the end in mind. I run waiting to finish. 
Now think about our salvation. Think about the beginning and the end. Are we running? Are we going through this process from the beginning point to the ending point? Do we have the end in mind? Is that our hope? This glory that He's shown us, this picture of glory, this picture of the finish, of the end of our salvation. And is that is what is in our mind? Is that pushing us to continue and to not stop? To continue through this process by faith. It has to motivate us. That has to give us hope. And then he moves on and he says, so let us grow up. Let us grow up as believers. Don't start all over again with the basic teachings. Jesus as Savior only is not the gospel. That's true. But it's incomplete. He's also Lord. He's also King. He's not just Savior or Priest. He is Lord and He is King. And if we stay in those simple things where He's just Savior, where He's just Priest, it's an incomplete Gospel. But with the process begun, we have to continue. We have to continue to move forward with Jesus as our Savior and then now Jesus moving forward as our Lord. And the process does not stop after we've been saved, after Jesus is our Savior. Go back to the construction site. We laid the foundation. Have you ever seen a construction site where the foundation's laid, there's a few beams up, and then they have just abandoned the site. They were going to build this large house, this huge building, this grand building. It's an amazing structure. They built the foundation, they put up a few beams, and now they're gone. And it's just sitting there, unfinished. To finish, the construction can't stop. What about our lives? What about our salvation? Is there construction going on? Is there activity on the site? Are we continuing from this process, from the beginning to the end? Are we moving forward with faith? Continuing by faith. If there's no faith, there's no construction. If there's no faith, there's no activity. If there's no faith, there's no movement. And as I thought about this, maybe we don't like the process of construction, the process of moving forward. If you've ever tried to live in a place that's under construction, it's difficult. It's irritating. It's not comfortable. But if you live in that process, what I think that we do is we want to get ahead of the process. This is going to be a beautiful place. I'd like to go ahead and pick out the furniture now. There's no roof, but I'd like to have the furniture delivered and put it in this where this room is going to be. Or there's no walls, but can you imagine the beautiful picture that we can hang right here, even though we haven't gone through the process of constructing the walls? Or let's think about the carpet, but there's no flooring. We get ahead of ourselves in this process, and we just don't like the process. 
We've begun. We see the ending. Let's just get there. Let's just let's just see this thing to completion. I'd like to just jump ahead and not walk through the process because it's difficult and it has order. But the author here is telling us, but grow up. You've begun this process. Now grow up. And I want us to understand that when it says to grow up. We're to move from milk to solid foods. We're to move from Jesus as Savior only to Jesus as Savior and Lord. And I think in our language, we're to move from believers to followers. And I think it's sad, actually, in the church, like our, our typical name for each other is believers, right? Even instead of followers. And I don't want to go too far with that, but, but think about that. We're believers. Are you a believer? I'm a believer. Well, wait a minute. Are we followers? Are we in this process or are we just at this point, this beginning of the process as believers, or am I in the process as a follower? And I think for us to grow up, we have to, we're going to still be believers, but we have to become and we have to walk and follow Jesus. We have to go through this middle process. And I keep saying process, process, process. These are points. That's what was described. Jesus is Savior. This is the process that's in between. What's happening in this process? What have we learned in Hebrews? We've been rescued from the slavery to death. One day we're going to be with the majesty on high and glory. And then what has Hebrews told us? He is, Jesus is, bringing his brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God, he is bringing them to glory. That's the process. We're being brought to glory. That's the process we're in. That's what's being described here. And when it talks about grow up, it's grow up. Walk through that process. Follow Jesus Christ. Follow Him through life. Follow Him through the difficulty. Follow Him through suffering. Grow up and do that. And that idea of grow, what's there, it literally means to carry a burden over time. Grow. Carry this burden over time. And I want to be very clear. The burden that we're carrying, it's not the difficulties that we experience. It's not the suffering that we walk through. If you are a believer or you are a follower, you are going to experience suffering and difficulty. If you are not a believer, if you are not a follower, you are going to experience suffering and difficulty in your life. Everyone, everyone, everyone experiences difficulty and suffering. Everyone. The burden that we're carrying is through this difficulty, through this suffering, will we follow Jesus Christ? Will we follow Him? Will we grow up and will we trust Him as King with everything in our life? True believers will follow Him with obedience. 
but we have to remember the purpose for which we're continuing. I want you to think about why do you continue? Why do you go through this process? And in this process, are you continuing for the gospel? Are you continuing for this future glory? Or are you continuing for your comfort and for your glory? Which burden are you carrying? And this is telling us to grow, to carry this burden that we have following Jesus Christ. And it says grow up. Literally, carry this burden to perfection. Carry this burden to completion. Carry this burden to the finish. Follow Jesus Christ until the end. We've begun this salvation. We're at this point. We've, this is the point to end salvation. Now carry this burden. Follow Jesus Christ throughout this entire process till the very end to completion. Don't stop. And that's been the command. That's been the encouragement of Hebrews. Don't stop. Continue on. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Continue together by faith. Don't stop. And I don't want us to miss this. But ultimately, as you see in verse 3, even the process of salvation ultimately is not dependent on us, but on God. It says, if God permits, we will go beyond those teachings that elementary things and will grow up if God permits. He is over this process of salvation. He begins the process, He's over the end of the process, and He is over the process. God is over that. If He permits, we'll go on. If He permits, we'll continue. Our security, the security of our salvation rests in Him. It's through His sovereign grace that we're in this process. It's our hope rests in Him and who He is and what He's done. Not in us, not in who we are, what we're going to do, what we have done. It rests in Him. And I want to bring that up because the passage brings it up. We'll go into that more later at the end of chapter 6. It talks about this promise. It talks about this security that we have. But it's interesting that the author, as he explains this process, brings that up and then moves to what we're going to look at today, this warning. So I wanted to mention that before we go forward. And then as we go forward, there's a few things I want to say. Before we walk through this passage or as we prepare to walk through this passage. I confess that I initially wanted to just figure out how quickly I could blow through this passage. How much I could combine and just sort of, you know, graze over it. Hit it. Not, not ignore it. I wouldn't ignore it. But, you know, just barely hit it. And say some things that aren't very clear. Some things that, you know, leave a lot of questions. And I began to study. And I began to figure out how I could do that. And the more I studied, the more I was convicted. No, we need to slow down. We actually need to go deeper into this. We need to understand, like, what, what is God telling us here? What is God speaking to us in and through this passage? Let's wrestle with it. Let's consider it together. And so as we look at it, verse 4 through 8, it is a warning. It is very clear. It is very serious. It is a very difficult word. It's a warning. 
es, pero es una advertencia. But even though it's difficult, pero es, es difícil, it is not discouraging. No es, um, el punto no es uh, desmotivado. And I think that's where we tend to go with this. If we actually dig into it, then it becomes this overwhelming, discouraging thing, and I don't really know how to move forward. But I want you to take it as it is. It's a warning. If you're walking with others, if you're walking together, and you're on this path, and there's this giant hole, this danger, this pit that we're going to fall into, it is loving to say, as we move forward, I've got to warn you guys what's coming up. I've got to warn you of this potential danger. I need you to hear this. It's a warning out of love. But don't confuse being serious with being sad. We can share serious things. We can consider serious things in love and not be discouraged. So it's a warning. And more than a warning, I want you to be clear as we read through this, this is not our current situation. And it's not our situation that we're destined for. But it is a potential situation. Okay. Does that make sense? As the author moves forward, verse 1 through 3, he's actually using the first person plural. He's using we and us. Okay? 1 through 3, we and us. Then verse 4 through 8, it transitions to the third person. Those people, some people. Okay? He's not saying this is the situation that you're in. He's not saying this is the situation you are going to be in. But he's saying, this is a potential situation. I need to warn you. I need to speak these things to you. You need to hear this. And then in verse 9, it returns back to the first person plural. It's about us and about we again. And the hope that he has for us. And so I want us to realize that as we walk through this. And then as you'll see in verse 9, it transitions from this warning to hope. And specifically the hope that he has for the people that he was writing to. And the people that he was writing to includes us. This is God's word to us. Okay? There's a warning. If you are here this morning, if we are walking through this, we need to heed, we need to hear that warning. This warning is for us. But then the hope that he has, the hope that he has is for us as well. So I want us to have that understanding as we start to walk through this passage. Everybody with me? Alright, let me read verse 4 through the first part of verse 9. And then Daniel will read it in Spanish. If some people fall away from the faith, it won't be possible to bring them back. It is true that they have seen the light, they have tasted the heavenly gift, they have shared in the Holy Spirit, they've tasted the good things of God's Word, they have tasted the powers of the age to come, but they have fallen away from the faith, so it won't be possible to bring them back. They won't be able to turn away from their sins. They are losing everything. That's because they are nailing the Son of God to the cross all over again. They are bringing shame on Him in front of everyone. Some land drinks the rain that falls on it. It produces a crop that is useful to those who farm the land. The land receives God's blessing. 
But other land produces only thorns and weeds. That land isn't worth anything. It is in danger of coming under God's curse. In the end, it will be burned. Dear friends, we have to say these things, but we are sure of better things in your case. So I gave you all that information. I made a few points before we even read that. Some things to have in our mind as we consider it. Because this is a difficult word. This is a serious warning. And I say all that because this verse is used as a proof text. Either a proof text to prove your salvation is not secure. Okay, you can lose your salvation. Or it's used if I can disprove what this text is saying, right, or explain it away, then no, your salvation is completely secure. And everything that folks say about this, everything that folks preach about this, everything that folks write about this, is about that one question. Can I lose my salvation? And I think that's an important question. I think that's something we should consider, something we should process through. But before we get to that, before we walk through that as a part of this passage, we need to consider what's our background, what's our baggage, how are we even understanding this passage? And we need to remember the context of Hebrews. What, what have we been learning in Hebrews? What, what has Hebrews been teaching us as we've gotten to this point so that we can understand exactly what is the author communicating? What does God want us to hear? The focus of Hebrews has been faith. And I want to come up with a point of summary about the first five chapters. Something that we can all agree upon. Okay? No questions about. So I want you to listen to this, and this is my summary for this idea of faith as it's been talked about and taught to us through Hebrews. If you don't have faith, you don't have salvation. Alright? If you do not have faith, you do not have salvation. The beginning point, the ending point, the process, whatever you want to, whatever, however you see salvation, there's no mention of salvation. Through, I mean, of salvation throughout Scripture without faith as a part of it. By grace, through faith, it's always described this faith that we have. If you don't have faith, you don't have salvation. There's no understanding of salvation without faith. And so I make this statement: if you don't have faith. You don't have salvation. Can we all agree on that? That makes sense to everyone. That sounds true. But what happens is as we move forward, we agree with that generally, but then we move into the specifics of, well, but what does it mean to have faith? You can't have salvation without faith, but what does it mean to have faith? And when you ask that question, then there's this tension. This tension of, of what exactly does faith look like? What exactly does faith require? And I believe that tension is appropriate. I believe that tension, reading this verse, considering this verse, it's biblical. I believe that God desires for us, intends for us to feel that tension as we even consider that question. Well, what does faith look like? What is faith? And if someone comes to you and says, oh, this is so clear, 
And they can summarize your salvation and its security in a one sentence, something to put on a magnet or a bumper sticker, okay? They have not studied God's Word. They have not dug into God's Word. Because if you dig into God's Word, if you study His Word, there is a tension there. And if somebody tries to make this simple for you, okay, don't listen to them. It's not simple. Right? This is difficult. This is solid food. These are hard things. And there's tension. There's tension that's communicated as we consider that question. What does it look like to continue by faith? And we're not going to come up with a simple answer. And I believe this is something that God has called us to wrestle with for the rest of the process. Because in that wrestling, in that tension, is how we grow. If we're to grow up through this tension, through the difficulty, we actually grow. We develop. That's how God has created us. If you think about a baby, an infant, you are supposed to put your baby in the floor, okay? You can't just hold them and baby them all the time. You put the baby in the floor, particularly on their front, right? And they have to struggle against the resistance to push up against gravity and they, they work on it and they work on it and they work on it until they get to the point where they can push up. And once they can push up, then they struggle to crawl one hand after the other and move the feet and then once they can do that they struggle to sit up and they struggle to stand they struggle to walk all of this against resistance but with this resistance with this tension what's occurring? development they're growing up because of that tension because of that resistance they are growing as they move forward and that happens with us even as adults if you're going to develop if you're going to work on your muscles your, your physical stamina you need tension you need resistance if you lay flat in the bed with no resistance don't move what happens? What happens? Bonnie, you experience this? <laughs> Eventually you die. What happens before you die? All the muscles just weaken and they atrophy. They just start to fall apart and break down. So that doesn't work. No tension doesn't work. That doesn't develop us. It doesn't grow. And then what happens if you just give it, wham, so much tension, so much force, what's going to happen to your muscles? It's going to tear. It's going to rip. It can't handle it. But what happens with exercise? Repeatedly, over and over again, day by day, workout by workout, we actually have these micro tears in our, in our muscles. That's why your muscles hurt after a workout, because the flesh has actually been torn, just, just barely, just a little bit, and then it recovers and strengthens and develops. And then you move on and it tears again and it recovers and strengthens and develops and you continue on. That's the process of growing up. That's the process of development. It happens with babies. It happens with us. And that's the process that God has us in. So as we consider this, as we think about continuing through this process, are we willing to remain in that tension? Are we willing to continue in that tension? 
It's going to be a struggle. Va a ser difícil, va a ser. It's going to hurt. We're going to be sore. We have to decide, are we willing to struggle with faith, continue by faith? Following Jesus as Lord. And so as you think about that context, this tension that's there, what has been the primary illustration that the author has used? Who has he talked about repeatedly over and over again as he's explained this salvation to us? He's talked about the Israelites. The Israelites, they began this point of salvation, what? They were rescued from Egypt. They were brought out of slavery. He said, you're my people. I'm bringing you out. And he brought them into the desert, but what was the final place, the final point, was I'm going to take you to the promised land. I'm going to take you to glory. But through the desert, they were to go through this process. They were to follow God in obedience through this process. Do you remember why they didn't finish? Why some didn't make it? Why some didn't get to the promised land? Why did they not finish? Why did they not make it to completion? They doubted. Their hearts became hard. And what did that result in? Disobedience. They doubted, their hearts became hard, and they disobeyed. And they did not finish. Like, you look back at chapter 2, chapter 3, it is clear. It says they didn't finish because of their disobedience. Because they did not have faith, it says. They didn't finish because they didn't trust God. They doubted. They didn't respond. They didn't follow God through the difficulty, through the wilderness, through the desert. And so they didn't finish. And so we've seen repeatedly the commands in Hebrews. Keep going. Don't stop. Continue by faith. You started by faith. Continue by faith so you can finish by faith. Don't turn away. Don't give up. And they didn't finish because they weren't together. It says. They didn't share that faith together with those who, in obedience, were trusting God. They didn't go through this long process of endurance from this beginning point to this ending point. They gave up. They turned away. And I want to be clear that our salvation... Following Jesus as King through this process, it is a life of endurance. It's a life of continuing by faith. That's what the process of salvation is. Continuing by faith. Enduring by faith. And now, a few weeks ago, I, for the first time, went to a cross-country meet. Karina is in high school. She's running cross country. She'd been training, training, running, running. It was the end of the season. It was the city championships. It was the Pierce College. The entire family went. 
And now I've seen track and field events. Okay? I, I was in Atlanta in 1996. I saw in person these events. And when you go to track and field, what is, what's amazing about it? It's their power. It's their speed. It's their agility and what they do in it. And they start a race and that race is over so fast. And you're just amazed by how strong and powerful and quick they are. But going to this cross-country meet, I was not amazed at how strong, or let me put that differently, I was not amazed at how powerful these kids were, at how quick these kids were, or their agility. I was amazed by their endurance. And so I want to show you, this is the beginning point. Give Rebecca a moment to bring that video up. This is the beginning point of the race. Sergio, will you turn the lights? All right, so we're at Pierce College. They're going to run this race three miles on the dirt, up the hills, down the hills, holes in the track. It's just craziness, okay? But here they all are at the beginning, at this beginning point. They're beginning the race. They're starting the race, okay? My daughter is on the team. She has a jersey. She has a short. She's got the uniform. She's got a number. She has qualified for the race. She is participating in the race. She's at the point. A beginning. And I want you to see the beginning. Notice how many are with her. Everybody was excited. Did it look like everybody was, 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 was man, here we go. This is so good. We're going to run. Let's start. I'm excited. We're all in this race. Everybody looks full of energy. Do you think anyone's doubting they're not going to finish? No, I am running. I am thinking about the finish. I am going to be done. We're going to make it. Okay, that's the beginning point. Now let me show you the next video of the ending point. Alright, this is the end of the race. We saw the beginning point. We saw the ending point. But you guys weren't there. Do you understand everything in between? Up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, down the mountain, around the campus, through the dirt. The difficulty, the struggle, the points when it looked like, oh, Karina looks great. She's got so much energy. The points when she, um, she's not going to finish. She's slowing down. I'm so concerned for her. I'm so worried. Is she going to make it? And the endurance, and she continued, and all these other kids continuing and not stopping, continuing, continuing, for 20 to 30 minutes, continuing and continuing and continuing in these difficult situations over this long race. But the finish, 
She didn't look the same <laughs> at the end that she did at the beginning. But I watched that this morning. Like, and when her foot hits the finish line, I'm like, God, that's what I want to do. I want to finish. I want us to finish. I don't want to stop. I want us to continue on. We've seen the beginning, right? We've experienced the beginning. We know what the end looks like. And that we would press on, that we would continue, that we would endure together, that we would not stop. And we're not going to look the same, right? There's going to be so much difficulty, so much suffering along the way. But the point is, can we, through all of that difficulty, trust God and follow Jesus as our Lord? By faith, continue in the process, just as we began the process by faith, and we're going to finish the process by faith. Will we continue? Will we endure? Will we move through that? I'm going to stop there. You're like, Britt, we hardly even got to the passage you were going to teach. I'm very aware of that. I think we need to consider all those things before. We will walk through it. We will continue through it. Step by step, we will consider God's Word. We'll understand what it's saying and what it means for our lives. But I want us to respond. Right? When we're talking about this salvation and in this passage, can we, can we lose this salvation? I want us to see salvation for what Hebrews has described salvation. There is a beginning point, there's an ending point, and there is a process. And he's saying, continue through this process by faith. Don't stop. Endure to the very end. Grow up to the very end. In this process, we have to to move. We have to continue. As we'll see next week, we can't take a different direction and we can't stop. So in reflection, I'm going to ask uh, Isabel if you guys will come up and I want you just to sit actually for this song. I want you to listen to this song. As I was Studying this week, I actually uh, heard this song, and I have heard this song uh, easily hundreds of times. But as I'm studying this passage and I heard this song, it impacted me and, and hit me in a different way than I'd ever heard. And I want to read you some of the lyrics. It says, In one part it says, The tension is here. It's talking about on earth. The, the, the tension is here. This, this difficulty is here. This struggling, this wrestling is here. Right here where we are. And it says the tension is here between who you are and who you could be. The tension is between how the world is and how the world can be. There's the tension in this process and it says, I dare you to move. And I heard this and I'm listening to this and I'm running my laps at Landark and I'm just crying before God and everybody again, look at the strange white guy running around Landark crying, right? <laughs> But I'm just like uh, running. I'm like, um, I, I'm, I was so amazed by this. And I, and I want to finish. And I want us to continue. And I, I, I want to this morning 
So you guys, I want to dare you to move. I want you to consider this. So just sit, listen, and hear this, and process this for yourself. Process this for us. Towards the end, it says salvation is here. Salvation is here in this process. Salvation is here as we continue together by faith. Let's listen. When we were at that cross-country meet, we're watching Karina. We're running up to the hill over here to watch her come by over here, yelling and screaming, watching these kids endure and struggle. And Mariana, my seventh grader, says, I never want to do that. I remember talking to Bonnie about it afterwards. And Bonnie was a college athlete. She knows what it is to endure and to struggle. She's like, but I would never do cross country. That's awful. Like, what's the glory in cross country? There's no immediate result. It takes 30 minutes of just continuing and continuing. And we might consider this today. We might hear that and say, that is so difficult. I don't want to do that. But I would tell you that God has made us to be endurance runners, not sprinters. And He has brought us together to run together, to run this race, to encourage one another. If you guys think back to Hebrews 3.13, it's like, encourage one another daily. Don't stop. Let's go. Let's go. Continue on sharing. Sometimes it's sweet encouragement. Sometimes it's harsh encouragement. But we continue to encourage one another and we run together. And it's difficult. But don't walk away discouraged. God is with us. And we will finish if He permits.